Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again to jump into the BTSC Black and Gold DeLorean. Get it up to 88 miles per hour and go back into Steeler yesteryear for another thrilling game. And today we've got a dandy. Hey friends, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me as always is the best in the business. His name is Tony Julius Defio, TJF. That sounds like a fun time. What is up, my friend? I'm doing great. I guess it all depends on what I'm, what I'm best in the business as. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Hey, you're a BTSC Hall of Famer. So when it's talking Steelers, I think you're pretty good at it. And especially going back in time with a retro show, man, you know your stuff. Well, so do you, man. So do you. These shows are so much fun. I can't wait for this one. I think the first time we did a retro show, it was the same year. Yeah, actually was. And this is actually, you know, our first retro show actually would probably be the week after the one that we're doing today, if I'm not mistaken. So this was a special time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But let's set the backdrop on what was going on that week in the U.S. and the world. You know, Tony, Operation Just Cause was going on. And I remember this well. That was the U.S. takedown of Panamanian President Manuel Noriega as they went in, they played Metallica music and Megadeth music to force him out. That did not end until a little bit after New Year's that year, but it was a very interesting time and it dominated the news. Dominating the radio was Phil Collins and Another Day in Paradise. That was four weeks at number one. And that song knocked out a few weeks earlier, the number one song that was one of the great ones from the 80s. It was Billy Joel and We Didn't Start the Fire. 
a classic was number one at the box office because we are talking about right before the holiday season. Yes, we're talking December 24th, 1989. It was Christmas Eve and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation was at its second week at number one at the box office, which means, Clark, that there's an RV. Mm-hmm. It's one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, and I think uh, a lot of people say, would say the same. I tell you what, I absolutely love it. We love it every year, and I keep on astounding my kids every year when I say, hey, look, Rusty, that's Leonard from The Big Bang Theory. And they're like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yes, how awesome is that? I didn't so, know that. My mother told me that. I had no idea. Yeah, yep. Good old Johnny Galecki. Also, uh, he was on Roseanne at the time, too, I believe. But you know what? Really good stuff. Uh, lots of fun stuff was going on. And in fact, you know, just a couple of weeks before the number one movie was Back to the Future Part 2, which leads to us and going back in time and that black and gold DeLorean. So that's really fun. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, this was one of my favorite all-time Pittsburgh Steelers teams. And the reason being is because they had a renegade quarterback. They had a very young team. It was Chuck Knoll's probably finest coaching job of all time. And it was a team that really had no business doing anything. In fact, they started out the season losing to the Cleveland Browns 51 to nothing. The very next week, they lost 42 to 10 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Then all of a sudden, they shocked the world and beat a very good Minnesota Vikings team at home. They're eight and seven, and they're needing a win, but they need so much more going into this final week of the season. Do you remember what all they needed to happen, Tony, that seemed nearly impossible? I mean, I was aware, but I was so focused on the Steelers game. If I had allowed myself to worry about all these scenarios, I probably wouldn't have been able to enjoy that final game that we're going to get ready to talk about. They needed the Colts to lose Saints. They needed the, the Raiders to lose to the Giants. The Bengals to lose to the Vikings. That game was not going to be until Christmas night on Monday Night Football. I tell you what, I have great memories of that game because I spent the day with my family and then I hung out with my buddies and we watched Monday Night Football to watch that game to see what would happen. But nothing would really matter if the Steelers could not go into Tampa Bay and win this game. So that's what they had to do. Bubby Brister had five games without a touchdown pass. But luckily, they had a running game behind Tim Worley that was flourishing with 366 yards in those games and a 91-yard average over those last five. The weather conditions, well, they were actually favoring Pittsburgh. It was not sunny in Tampa. In fact, it was a record low of 39 at the time with a wind chill of 20 at Tampa Stadium. Tony, that's Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Three Rivers Stadium weather, not Tampa Bay weather. That's right. The uh, football gods were smiling down on the Steelers because they certainly had the, uh, the home field advantage in terms of the weather. So we talked about those five games. The Steelers were winners of four out of their last five. And their last three, they needed a Christmas miracle to get into the postseason after starting out 0-2 and being outscored 92-10. to So like you said, in order to make the playoffs, the Steelers needed to beat the 5-10 and Bucks on the road have the Colts, Raiders, and Bengals all lose, which was not an easy feat because they were going for the playoffs as well. In fact, 
the odds were so against this team that I knew about it, unlike you. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the game, but they're not going to get in. This all is not going to happen. So the Steelers got out to a fast start because of a lightning quick return by the world-class sprinter, Rod Woodson. Man, he was magic on the return, man. The 72-yard return down the left sideline set the Steelers up at the Tampa Bay 17. Tim Worley and Merrill Hodge took it from there. Man, that was a really good stable of runners, Tony. Behind the line, finally intact, alternating runs by number 33 and number 38 of five, five, four, and finally a two-yard plunge by the first-round pick, Tim Worley, got the Steelers on the board. After a Gary Anderson point after, the Steelers led 7 nothing with 2.49 off of the clock only. They started out strong, Tony, and the running game was really doing it for the Steelers. How about the first-year man, Tim Worley, on fire? I was really excited about him this year. I was really excited about him coming out of college. Back then, I was a big, big running back. I wanted to be a running back when I was a kid. So anytime anytime they, they, they had a chance to draft a running back in the first round, I was excited. And he had a really great rookie year, 700-plus yards. And what a way to start this game. You're, looking, you're playing against an inferior opponent. You need to win this game and then do some scoreboard watching. Rod Watson to return that opening kickoff, 72 yards. I mean, he was an all-around special player, all-time great, and he gave them what they needed at that moment. The problem was, Tony, the home team had a lot of fight in them. With Vinny Testaverde on the injured reserve, the Bucks had to call on the oldest player in the game, Joe Ferguson, to call signals behind center. Yeah, Ferguson was with the Bills back in the 70s. In fact, we did a game recently with Joe Ferguson playing. So here he is, old man Fergie, taking on the Steelers. The Steelers saw Gerald Williams have to exit on the very first play from scrimmage. You know how valuable of a defensive lineman that guy was as he laid on the turf for a bit before making it off of it. From there, Tampa was able to run the ball well with James Wilder and Lars Tate toting the ball. Tate had a run of 29 yards on the drive. Ferguson then mixed the pass in as well with a 22-yarder to Sylvester Stamps and passes to a pretty good receiver from that time, Mark Carrier. Do you remember Carrier, Tony? I sure do. He was a really good young receiver, and I think he went on to play for the Browns after this. So if I'm, if I'm thinking of the same players, this is a good young talent, and the Steelers were going to have their hands full with him all day. On third down, Ferguson's pass to Carrier fell short, but Woodson got called for grabbing the back of the receiver's jersey. After forcing another third down, Joe found Carrier in the end zone for a seven-yard score to tie it up at seven. Man, they've got a lot of fight, those Bucks. And you mentioned that Joe Ferguson, he was a wily old vet. And like you, I was shocked to see him still playing in 1989. But he wasn't going to go down without a fight, neither were the Buccaneers. They were, they were playing for pride, and they were playing for the next season. So, yeah, uh, I was pretty worried at this moment. Brister, yet to throw a pass, led his men of steel back onto the field. But they'd start off going backwards when Louis Lips was called for a crackback block on first down. So here they are. They're at the 14-yard line. Bubby went to his tight end, Mike Malarkey, for 27 yards, and then three consecutive runs by Hodge had the Steelers in Tampa Bay territory. We talked about the excitement of Mr. Tim Worley, but Merrill Hodge at the end of this season and in the playoffs was magic, Tony. 
He certainly was. He had one of the all-time great runs for any running back in, in franchise history as far as the end of the season and into the playoffs. I mean, he was money, and he started around this time of the year is when he really got hot. So Brister's back at it, trying to get them into the end zone. His throw to Derek Hill alone in the end zone, well, it was wide. So after missing the lips, Harry Newsom had to come on to punt. Tampa then started moving the chains on their next series, but Greg Lloyd stormed through to sack Ferguson, and the Bucks had to punt right after quarter two began. So let's check the scoreboard, though, real quick. The Raiders and Giants were tied at seven, while New Orleans held a three to nothing lead over Indy. So you've got a tie going on there. You've got the Saints, you know, just three points over Indy. So it looked good so far, but it was still scary, Tony. It certainly was, especially that Raiders game. Uh, that was closer than I wanted it to be at that time. But uh, fortunately, the opponents that these teams were playing, they, a lot of them also needed to win. That, that's what helped. Meanwhile, in Tampa, that was the most important scoreboard. The Steelers were 90 yards away from a score. After Worley ran for 11 on first down, Brister threw a mid-range pass complete to Lips, and number 83 did the rest. Wow, was he electric, too. We talk a lot about how much we love Louis Lips. You know, he was a six-year man at this point, and he was still getting it done like crazy. The 79-yard catch and run made the tally 14-7 with 11.53 left until halftime. The Steelers then forced a three and out, and after a shank, we're looking at nice field position from their own 42. But a series that included a non-interception and John Renstra suffering an injury, the Steelers endured a three and out of their own. Meanwhile, Mervin Fernandez caught a long pass from Steve Berline and the visiting LA Raiders with Art Shell as their coach were up 14 to seven on the New York football giants. On the next series, it looked like the Bucs were going to move the ball well, especially with Tim Johnson getting nailed for encroachment twice. Two times, and Tim Johnson was a smart player, Tony. But Rod Woodson knifed through on a third and short and tackled Wilder for a loss. You could always count on Rod Woodson back then, whether it being against the pass or knifing through to knock down a runner. Tony, he was grand. He was obviously one of the all-time great cornerbacks, one of the all-time great kick returners, at least for in Steelers history. And he played the run, he played the pass, he did everything. He was an all-time great, no matter what era he would have played in, he would have been a Hall of Famer. On the punt return, it looked like Rod would do more damage this time around, even more. But with nothing but daylight ahead of him, Sylvester Stamps got number 26 from behind. It was a big stop because Bubby, looking for lips in all the wrong places, mm -hmm. threw an errant pass that Bobby Futrell made a one-handed grab to pick off the football. You like what I did there, Tony? Looking for lips in all the wrong places. Yes, I, I can relate to that, and I, and I like the reference. It was great. <laughs> Little urban cowboy. <laughs> I've been on a lot of bar crawls in my day, so I can relate to that line you made up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. I think we all can. I actually rode a mechanical bull once. Don't think I made it to two seconds. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I probably wouldn't have made it either. The only points the Buccaneers could muster, though, were three courtesy of 45-yard field goals by Donald Iguabuike, with 624 before the half, the Steelers' lead was reduced to 14 to 10. Three plays later, Brister to Lips didn't work again as Ricky Reynolds nabbed the ball at his own 40 
for another Brister interception. Wow, Bubby having a tough day. But another three and out, forced a punt, and a very bizarre play. Tyrone Stowe. Remember Tyrone Stowe? I think he wore number 90, Tony. Yeah, he was a good young athlete. I remember him. Yeah, I, I forgot all about him until this game. But seeing him in action, he brought back memories. Well, he broke through and blocked the Chris Moore punt. But the ball careened forward into the arms of Broderick Thomas, who advanced the ball into Steelers territory. However, since the ball went forward, it was the Steelers football on their own 45-yard line. So I guess it was the equivalent of Thomas, the number six draft pick, I believe. I think he went right before Tim Worley in 1989. It was the equivalent of him downing the football on a punt. Everybody was confused, but even I think as a 17-year-old, I knew this rule. Once a punt goes forward, even if it's blocked or not, the kicking team can't recover it. If it goes behind the line of scrimmage and they advance it and they get a first down, fine. But, but they were arguing like they didn't know the rules, and I was shocked because I knew him as a 17-year-old. The Steelers would capitalize this time behind runs by Hodge, Brister, and Worley. The black and gold, they were driving, but the real heroes on the drive were Lips and Brister. Lips' first catch of the drive got the Steelers deep into Bucks territory, while the second was a 12-yard dart to extend the Steelers' lead to 21-10. Lips, well, it was hot Lips, and mm. he would need help off, though. I guess when Lips has all that action, they get a little <laughs> chapped. <laughs> That's right, but it was, this was a really savvy play by Lips. Uh, Paul McGuire mentioned on the broadcast, he, he pushed the, he didn't push him, but he forced the cornerback into the end zone. He, the cornerback thought he was going to go further into the end zone, and he came back, caught the ball in the field of play, and just, and just dove into the end zone. It was a really tough play by him. He was a really tough receiver, tougher than people thought. He was a great deep threat. He had great speed, and he was also pretty tough. Will he do even more in the second half? Will the Bucks come back? What are the Raiders doing? What are the Colts doing? Are the Bengals, do they have players getting all coked up and getting hookers before their <laughs> Christmas night game? We will find out after this. I guess that was inappropriate. On the Steelers Retro Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. I am Brian Anthony Davis. He is Tony Defio, and we are your black and gold retro show crew. And we're going back in time to a great one where a lot of stuff needs to happen for the Steelers to go to the playoffs. Three teams need to lose. The Steelers need to win. It's Christmas weekend. I was nervous. You were nervous. It was a fun time, though. The Steelers apparently were not nervous, Tony, as they were leading this game 21 to 10 right before the half. In many ways, a pretty dominant first. Uh, Bubby Brister struggled a little bit uh, with a couple of picks, but overall, it was a great defense performance, a great performance by the, by the uh, running game. So, yeah, they were doing what they had to do at this point in the game, uh, while at the same time needing help from several other teams to make the playoffs. So when we're concerned about what the Steelers are doing, we've got to look at the scoreboard and like I said, a lot of stuff has to happen. Otis Anderson of the Giants, man, he was the Super Bowl MVP a year later, 
but he was an MVP this day as he ran one in from the one to tie the Raiders in New York. And John Forcade's three-yard TD pass to Eric Martin for the Saints, countered by two Dean Biasucci field goals, made the score 10-6 in Indianapolis, with the Saints leading. Tampa Bay had an opportunity to score as well after a great return by Donnie Elder set Tampa up at the 41-yard line with 54 seconds remaining in the half. Instead of Tampa having new life, it was the Steelers after Woodson intercepted Ferguson and raced to the Tampa 18. Lots of returns for Roderick Woodson on that day, Tony. After a three and out, Gary Anderson kicked a 32-yarder for a 24-10 lead, and it's halftime, my friend. Are you feeling better about the Steelers and looking at the scoreboard as well? I sure am. Everything's starting to fall into place. I mean, 10 quick points right before the half. That was huge. And and of course, everything's starting to break the Steelers way, at least for for the Sunday game. So yeah, I was feeling pretty good at this point. The Bucs then would receive the second half kick to start it off. Tampa controlled time of possession in the first half, 18 minutes to 12, but the Steelers owned both lines of scrimmage. They would continue to do so as the third quarter started. Tim Johnson, Greg Lloyd, and Keith Willis made stops to force a punt. But after a nine-yard gain by Hodge on first down, Worley turned the ball over back to Tampa Bay. He had a little problem with fumbleitis, and Eugene Marv recovered the football. The Steelers' defense would continue to clamp down, though, on the white-clad home team as Woodruff and rookie A.J. Jenkins made stops to make Tampa punt. And I was really mad that they were wearing white. I wanted to see them in the creamsicles. Yeah, they were very popular uh, jerseys. I remember a lot of kids uh, in the early 80s talking about how they wanted to get those jerseys. I'm like, really? The Buccaneers are awful. But they they look, when, when you see them now, they look so cool. So I could see what the kids were talking about back in the day. Scoreboard watches were pleased to see Dalton Hilliard's seven-yard run extend the lead to 11 in New Orleans, while Otis Anderson's second one-yard run put the Giants up 24-17 on the Raiders. So the Steelers need to continue to take care of business, but they're getting the help that they need so far, two out of those three games, with the one yet to play. On the first carry of the next possession, Hodge fumbled. Heads up by Brister, though, to fall on it. Kept the ball with the Steelers. This was weird. Merrill Hodge wasn't known for fumbling the ball a lot. Tim Worley was as a rookie, but they were not controlling the ball well for as well as they were doing, Tony. Pretty sloppy play, and as you said, uh, Hodge wasn't much of a fumbler, but I guess maybe that's the kind of thing that's contagious, like hitting in baseball. But yeah, uh, uh, fortunately for the Steelers, Brister was joining on the spot and fell on the ball to keep the uh, ball in Pittsburgh's possession. So they needed a punt again, and then Tampa would take advantage and get points out of it. First downs by Tate, Stamps, Carrier, and Willie Drury got the Bucks down to the seven-yard line, but coverage by Thomas Everett, Woodson, and Larry Griffin, number 22, halted that drive. Donald Iguabuike connected on a field goal from 24 out, and the score was now 24-13 to 13 with 4.56 left in the third. Man, I always wanted Iguabuike to be a Steeler just so I could hear Yenzers pronounce that name. How do you think that would go, Tony Defio? I tried to spell it out while taking notes for the game, and it was completely different than what I saw when I, when I saw the back of the jersey, and I had to, had to rewrite it. So it probably wouldn't have gone really well, but it would have been funny. 
Hey, you see that Dan old Iguabuike in that? He's uh, I think he's Nigerian or something, and he's kicking for the Stillers. That's gonna be great. We got to go Dan to Three Rivers and check it out. I think well, that pronunciation was probably a little bit too good, Brian. I I think it would have been way off, way off. I mean, you see that Dan old Iguabike? There you go. That's it. <laughs> Iguabuke or whatever, however you say his name, Iguabuke. I don't know how you say his name, but I know he's a good kicker, and they need to upgrade their kicking. Is my yins are getting better? Everyone says my yins are bad. I, I thought it was good. Again, though, I mean, you, you had to, the actual name pronunciation was too good. So you have to work on that a little bit. But I, I, everything else is pretty good. I root on draft day for the Steelers just to take guys with crazy names just because I want to hear it. That's like angels singing to me, Tony, hearing a person from Pittsburgh speak. That, that is great. Care for what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> all right so once again 24 to 13 456 left in the third meanwhile new orleans got another score as Cade hit toby brenner for 30 yards and a 24 to 6 lead over indianapolis while bjorn nitmo there's another name i remember bjorn nitmo his field goal put the giants up 10 on the raiders it's all falling into place the steelers offense then did come alive running behind ilkin Dermonte Dawson and Terry Long as Worley and Hodge moved the chains over and over. A Brister passed a lips with a face mask penalty tacked on, got Pittsburgh Dan to the 10. After Hodge ran to the one, Worley took it in again for his second touchdown on third and one. With five seconds left in that third quarter, the Steelers led now 31 to 13, and you had to be feeling good, Tony D. I was feeling great. This score, this dominant score, combined with what was going on in the other games, I was starting to feel really good and, and starting to get my hopes up that Pittsburgh could, could do the impossible and sneak into the playoffs. In the fourth, Ferguson led the Bucks down the field with passes to Ron Hall, William Harris, Carrier, and Stamps got Ferguson and Tampa down to the five. But on fourth and goal, Brian Hinkle, that's one of our guys, he tipped a pass that Carrier caught out of bounds for the turnover on downs. The Steelers stayed on the ground with Worley and Hodge getting yards and looking to drain that clock, but they were forced to punt. Here comes Harry Newsom's punt, and it's blocked, Ugh. and it's sailed out of the end zone for a safety. Sherman Cockcraft got the block, and Ray Perkins' team was set to get the ball back with 3.51 left, down by 16. The Bucks would score quickly, though, and make the Steelers pay after the free kick when Ferguson hooked up with Carrier for a 39-yard score. It was unexplainable why Carrier, who had such a fantastic year, was snubbed for the Pro Bowl, Tony. Yeah, it was. They, they, they brought this up all throughout the broadcast about how, how he didn't make it in, and it just goes to show you how times have changed because I don't think the Pro Bowl is considered quite the prize that it, that it was back in 1989. But when you look at his numbers, he definitely should have made it into the uh, Pro Bowl. I guess it was because he played for Tampa Bay. That's the only thing I can think of. You are absolutely correct. It was a big deal back then, and there was big money incentives as well to have that on your resume. Lewis Lips recovered the onside kick but still needed to punt. A Delton Hall interception was nullified by a penalty on Rod Woodson, another penalty for Woodson in the game. But the clock still ran out on Tampa as the Steelers won 31-23, to it was an early Christmas gift on Christmas Eve. The clock would run out on the Raiders and Colts, who both lost as well. 
They are now home for the holidays. The Steelers now had to wait for Monday night football and hope for a Minnesota victory over Cincinnati. And you know what, Tony? They got help from the team in purple who won 29 to 21 on Christmas night. I remember this well because there were a host of Green Bay Packers fans and players all watching the game together. And then for the Steelers, it was Dwayne Woodruff and Keith Willis watching the game together. And they kept on showing them. It was awesome to watch those guys watching the game together and celebrate the trip to the playoffs where they won the next week in a thriller against Houston, only to lose a heartbreaker against Denver to go to the AFC championship game in the divisional round. But Tony, this was a fantastic day. Merrill Hodge was 18 for 90. Worley was 18 for 51 with two touchdowns. Lips, four catches, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Brister, seven for 15, 178, two for two. Mark Carrier, six for 101 yards and two TDs for the Bucks. And not to mention a great game by Rod Woodson with that interception, that long kick return, another great kick return. He was fantastic on the day. Who does your game ball go to, though, Tony? It has to be Rod Woodson. He was he he was he did everything on this day, and 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 he got him off to a great start with that kickoff return, the seventy-two yarder to start the game. And when you need a win like they did over a inferior opponent, he gets the game ball for me. I usually don't argue with you on that, and I think he's an excellent choice. But I gotta say. Lewis Lips is a big choice here. So let's split that ball in half. And that's what we're going to do. Sounds good to me. I, I, I'll, I'll give every game ball to Louis Lips. He's my all-time favorite. So I, I can't argue with that one either. We got to get you an 83 jersey. I'll, I'd love it. All right. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This was a dandy. I loved it, Tony. I did. And I remember taking so much pride in the fact that they were, they finished nine and seven after the dreadful year, the year before when they were five and 11 and and they started off zero and two this year. So just for them to to make it to nine and seven to me was great, but I was still, I still had so much hope that they would make the playoffs and for them to sneak in. It was one of my favorite years as as a Steeler fan and something I still think about to this day, 32 years later. You know what, for me, this was a very fulfilling season. One of my favorite years. I talk about 1984 all the time. 1989 was the year that I graduated from high school I was into college for the first time. I was exploring new things, but it was so great to go back to Chuck Knoll, Old Reliable, and the Steelers and watch this young team flourish. Really felt a kinship with this team. So once again, for Tony, I'm BAD. You could take us away. We don't mind, but you better promise us we'll be back in time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.